Thanks for tuning in to Game Time with Zach and Jamir. My name is Jamir Wilson. I am co-hosted by Zach Wright. Today, the name of the game is On to the Next One, where we will recap the first round action, including play-ins, and also get into what we foresee taking place in the semifinals. So, Zach, we had a very intriguing first round. We had uh, a new format with the play-in tournament. And it was there's a lot to dive into. So um, first, I'm just going to talk about the plans. Um, how do you feel that went overall as a format? Yeah, I think with a play-in, I definitely enjoyed it. I'd love to have it back. I'm not going to go too mar- too far into the games specifically, like the specific specifics of each game. But Lakers Warriors was definitely entertaining. That game delivered. Warriors Grizzlies was amazing as well. That game definitely delivered. And honestly, without the play-in, we would not have had Memphis in in the playoffs. And that series that series went as expected. And you know, we'll get into that later as we talk about the first round series. But um, nonetheless, seeing Memphis in there was great. They showed a lot of heart, showed a lot of fight. And I would have liked to see Steph Curry in the playoffs, but I'm not sure if I would have enjoyed it as much as what I was enjoying with the Jazz and Grizzlies. And it was it brought you know it brought new life to the season. Like at the, towards the end of the year, yeah, every team from six to ten was fighting mad hard just to you know maintain a spot. Or I should say six to eleven in some cases. If like we love to see had a chance, but yeah, so you know a lot of teams were fighting mad hard to get to the playoffs. They kept the regular season entertaining for much longer than it typically would because you know certain teams stopped trying. Teams just start losing on purpose trying to position themselves to play certain teams. Like the team might not want, want the first seed because they want to play whoever the seventh seed is and things like that. And you had a lot less of that just because you didn't know who you're going to run into. So teams were just playing to win. It's, they're playing simply to win and get the best position possible rather than losing on purpose or, you know, seeing, thinking about, oh, let me just lose and get the, the 12th pick in the draft. They're actually, you know, they see more benefit making the playoffs than just getting a random lottery pick. So I enjoy the play-in. In the East, it played out, you know, seven and eight, ended up making it anyway. Yeah. I still think it was – the Wizards-Celtics was fun at least. We got, you know, a 50-piece from Tatum. So, had, without the play-in, that wouldn't have happened. It was a great game. I think the process should continue to happen for the next, next – at least play it out for, you know, another season or two and see how it goes from there. But overall, I think it was a success. While I agree with your points, I just feel as though – I don't know. I could have done without it, to be completely honest. Um, we did have some good games in the West, like the Grizzlies Spurs. That was a physical, really good game. Um, LeBron hitting that big shot saying, I, I saw three rims. <laughs> that was entertaining. Uh, the-, the Grizzlies and Warriors was very entertaining. Uh, the East was not entertaining at all, in my opinion. Uh, I mean, Obviously, as you said, Jason Tatum dropped fifty, but uh, well, I just I just I don't know. I could I could have done without the plan. It might be a kind of thing where it may take some time for me to really get used to it, especially um, also with like other players and stuff like that. Like all the players saying what they were saying about it. Like some people thought that it was like a terrible idea. Um, I think it's something that a lot of people would have to get used to. Getting past that. Uh, you know, as we talked about, the Hornets got absolutely 
smashed by the Pacers. Um, the Pacers wound up losing to the Wizards, who lost to the Celtics. So the Celtics and Wizards wound up in the play-in. Well, the Grizzlies beat the Spurs and beat the Warriors, which was interesting. And the Lakers got in. Um, so now that we have talked about that, uh, let's hop into the first round. And the first series, I guess we could talk about is a team who made it in from the plan. The only team who made it in from the plan who wouldn't have been other in otherwise, um, the Grizzlies. Um, the Grizzlies and uh, Jazz series was pretty entertaining. What are your what are your thoughts about that series? What were your thoughts on that? It went as expected. You know, I think you and I both said Jazz in five. We get the Grizzlies again because they they play really hard. But it was fun to see them scrapping for you know scrapping for a win in the playoff format. John Morant, he definitely impressed. He had 30.2 points, 4.8 rounds, 8.2 assists per game. And that Grizzlies team has a bright future. I just love seeing Grayson Allen. I mean, he's a complete asshole, but <laughs> I love yeah. seeing him be an asshole on the court, hitting big shots, because part of his asshole persona is him just being ready for the moment and hitting shot, top, shots in a timely fashion. Yeah. I enjoyed that. Um, you know, Dylan Brooks was very, very interesting to see him, the way he played. I think he averaged 25 a game in that series to be yeah. honest, which was surprising. But, um, yeah, Jaron Jackson Jr., hopefully when he's more healthy, the Grizzlies can put up a better fight. Mm-hmm. But, and, you know, shout out to Jonas Valanciunas for being super underrated and cooking yeah. <laughs> throughout this whole process. Um, yeah, I don't know. The Jazz, I don't know much how much I should say about them just because they did what they're supposed to do, mm-hmm. which is – that says a lot because team there are teams, which we'll get to later, <laughs> who, don't, who aren't doing what they're supposed yeah. to be doing. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, the Conley injury is something to watch out for, I guess. But Dominic came in strong. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, that's all I got for about that series, really. It was, it was fun to see the Grizzlies, you know, Jazz on to the next one. Yeah. Um, yeah, for me, just uh, my thoughts about that series. Uh, as you said, they were very they were very entertaining. The Grizzlies were very entertaining. Um, ja really showed out this year. He had he had a, a coming out party. I felt like this year, um, despite the fact that they went home in such a, a quick manner. And there's something to be said about young cores coming up together because if you look at this Denver team, um, I don't know if you remember this, but last year, me, you. And uh, me, you, and a couple of our good buddies, Donovan and Anthony, were having a conversation about Denver last year and about how young they are and about are they ready. And we're going to get more into it. But now, just a year later, they look like a team that if they were at full strength, they could win a title. Yeah. So, it, um. They have a lot of guys that I really like. Desmond Bain, as you mentioned, Dylan Brooks, Jaron Jackson, Jonas Valanciunas, Ja, um, Grayson Allen. So, yeah, uh, uh, Clark, I think his name is Brandon Clark. Clark, yeah. Clark, yeah. They have a lot of good players. Um, even uh, uh, what's his name? Um, forward, good passer, Kyle Anderson. Kyle Anderson, yes. Kyle, Kyle Anderson, Anderson definitely needs to stay on that team for as long yeah. as he can. Right. They have a lot of – they have a nice core, a nice deep core 
that if they stay healthy and they stay together, they can really make some noise um, in the next few years, especially with them only gaining more experience. So, yeah, I, I think that's pretty good. And, and as you said, there's not much to say about the Jazz other than just paying attention to the Conley injury and that they took care of business. So, um, yeah. I think one thing that was very funny and interesting about this series was John Morant consistently trying to dunk at Rudy Gobert every <laughs> game and failing every time. Like, I don't know why he kept trying. Like, maybe he thought, like, is the momentum changer or the momentum building move they needed mm-hmm. at that time. But every game he kept going for a dunk on Gobert. And it was just like, yeah. it was always interesting to watch. Like, will he do it this time? <laughs> but you, yeah. Not having that. <laughs> uh, other than that, that's all I got for that series for real. <laughs> yeah. Now let's let's hop into a much more interesting series in my in my eyes immediately. Uh, the Phoenix Suns and the Los Angeles Clippers. What do you have for that? Well, not Clippers, the Los Angeles Lakers and the Phoenix Suns. What do you what do you what are your thoughts on that? I picked Lakers in six, and I was wrong. It was Phoenix in six, but I don't regret my decision mm-hmm. because Anthony Davis got hurt. Yes, yeah. Chris Paul got hurt as well, but the Anthony Davis injury nonetheless is significant. It should be said that, you know, I think the Lakers still could have lost a series regardless of Anthony Davis being hurt or not. Yep. I think Phoenix still was capable of being that team. Yep. Because the others, named, not named LeBron and Anthony Davis, were abysmal. Yes. Now, some of the stats yesterday, just look at the stats of the series, just the overall averages and things like that. And for the plus-minus numbers, LeBron was the only Laker who was positive. Every other Laker was a negative plus minus so everyone else was Ooh. not helping them win but lebron lebron was literally out there by himself it was it was just interesting it was sad to see i thought the lakers were going to be better than this but they weren't yeah and you know it's just a shame a shout out to phoenix though them boys went crazy devin yeah. bunker definitely showed up mm-hmm. Aiton was amazing as well Aiton was I think the best thing about him was just the defense he played. Mm-hmm. He had Anthony Davis looking pretty bad for a little, you know, for the first game. Mm-hmm. And he just held down the paint in general, just aside for Anthony Davis. Anyone coming down to try, you know, try to score in the paint, he was there doing mm-hmm. a good job. Yeah, he did a great up the eight, performed very well. Yeah. When the Phoenix Suns were on the brink of eliminating the Lakers, I, again, going back to that group chat that we have, um, mm-hmm. I meant I, I wrote something and it I think pretty much sums up every reason why they lost. So I said the lack of rest from last season's title run, the lack of continuity with new acquisitions, and a lack of firepower on the offensive end proved to be fatal to their championship hopes this season. Yeah. Um, those three things I think literally are the are the reasons why, because although they were healthy and they looked good for a while. Um, they were kind of doomed to break down because uh, once LeBron had that ankle injury, he just never, he never recovered. He was never the same. Um, Cause he was looking like he was an MVP favorite at the point at that point. And um, Anthony Davis, he just went down and he just was never the same either. And, mm-hmm. It, it killed them. Um, the lack of continuity with their new acquisitions 
so much of the talk uh, going into the going into this season was about how much stronger the Lakers had gotten. Like they were basically the best team last season, wire to wire. And in this season, we were saying Montrez Harrell, Mark Gasol, Dennis Schroeder, Wesley Matthews. Oh my goodness! And 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 they even added, you know, on my birthday, they added Andre Drummond. So, um, you know, March 28th. So just, I, I feel like when, when LeBron went down and, you know, Caruso went out and all those guys went out, it just, they just never were able to really get the continuity right because of the lack of a preseason. And then when you come in and you're kind of just learning how to play with each other on the fly and then, you know, once you're just starting to really get it clicking, then it's um, then it's like, damn. Now we're just a bunch of randoms on the floor. And the thing is, I give them credit in this regard. They still were an elite defense. Like they were, if I'm not mistaken, they were the number one rated defense in the NBA. So I give them credit that they fought hard and that. Um, they did a really good job of playing defense, but otherwise, offensively, they just and, and like it transitions perfectly into what I have to say. Um, offensively, they're going to need to do something. Kyle Kuzma, uh, when when they first got AD, everybody was saying, "Oh yeah, Kyle Kuzma is going to be the third guy. He's going to be the third the third man, the third wheel. He's going to he's going to be the third option." Dennis Schroeder. Uh, replacing Rondo uh, fail. It just you know KCP when you when you're relying upon KCP's shooting as your main shooter, that's a problem. That's a huge problem. So, um, and also something I want I want to point out is that I don't know if they made the right call by not trading for Kyle Lowry because uh, Taylor Horton Tucker was not impressive at all. And I mean, I don't know if they know something different or if they are really high on his ceiling, but yeah, Taylor Horton Tucker didn't show up at all. And my last point about the Lakers is that um, before I get into the Suns, uh, I think Frank Vogel, he needs to do something like he, he, he can't, he can't just rely on LeBron and AD to score everything and to get everybody open he's got to dial some things up um but yeah yeah that's that's my thoughts about the lakers and then the suns just just to echo what you said credit them devin booker was excellent jay crowder was great ayton was was phenomenal um and they did what they 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 did what they were supposed to do they took they took advantage of a team that clearly just couldn't get it right and they are moving on. So uh, I, I just hope that Chris Paul can get healthy uh, moving forward. And, yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Uh, any any other remarks about that series? Um, yeah, you know, I'm not going to say actually Lakers weren't my title favorite for the year. Throughout the year, <laughs> I was wrong. But I will say, despite that, I was concerned about their decision to not – keep Rondo and yep. Schroeder. Like, you know, you and I talked about this multiple times. Like, Schroeder, he can score, which is all fine and dandy, but 
when push comes to shove, is he that guy? And after his 0 for 9 performance, it is safe to say he is not that guy who can help a struggling team. He just doesn't have that in him. He literally had an 0 for, like, what the hell's wrong with him? Yeah. Uh, not getting bring back Dwight Howard and or JaVale McGee was also interesting. Yeah. Very crucial to the Lakers title run in the first place. Yeah. I know Danny Green, they got Schroeder for Danny Green. Basically, yeah. Which is fine. I understand that, but not to bring back Rondo mm-hmm. was a uh, bit weird. Yeah, I agree. And, oh, yeah, it's it's funny, too, that you bring up Schroeder because I don't think he's coming back either. He said he wants to. <laughs> after huh? he, he said he wants to come back after he turned down 84 mil. Talking about he wants 100 mil a year. Now he's, now it's not about the money all of a sudden because he knows he so, should be good. Multiple reasons. I don't, I just don't think he'll be back because, number one, um, there were reports that he deleted his uh, title, like in his bio, Lakers point guard, and then he put it back. And then after they lost, he deleted it again. Um, and also, the Lakers are pretty cap-strapped already, and I feel like they need a lot of changes. So I don't think that they're going to pay Shooter $100 million to come back and do what he just did. Hell um, no. Hell no. So, yeah, yeah. I, I don't see him in a Lakers uniform next year unless he is smart and takes a very significant cut out of what he's trying to get. Well, yeah, with that being said, Phoenix is now my West favorite. And I do want to mention the Jay Crowder effect because mm. Miami overperformed last yep. year. Yep. And now he's in Phoenix and Phoenix is doing great things. So shout out to Jay Crowder. Yep. Phoenix is my West favorite. I'm sticking to it. We're definitely going to have a bunch of talk about, talks about this throughout the next few rounds. But mm. I think with that being said, it might be a good time to move on to Phoenix's opponent next round, Denver, mm. and their series with Portland. So why don't you start off start us off with this one and talk about this? <laughs> um, I'm gonna start by saying Damian Willard. I am sorry. <laughs> I'm very, very, very sorry for you. Um, you're in my prayers. I hope that uh, Portland can figure it out and get it right before you have to leave. I think you know where I'm going. Um, I picked, I picked, uh, I picked Portland in six. Um, but what this series showed me was that a Nikolai Jokic is definitely the MVP, and not only is he the MVP, but he, I think he's a lot closer to top five than I realized. Um. He is a problem. He is a very serious problem. And the fact that that team, Denver is um, Denver is a lot better than I thought. Um, they're very scary. Um, because, number one, they have a multitude of guys who can shoot. Um, Aaron Gordon was a major pickup, and he's – done nothing but positive things since he's gotten there on both ends. Um, Compazzo, solid. Austin Rivers, as I said in the last episode, great end, uh, end of the season addition. 
Michael Porter Jr. is stepping up and he's doing what he's supposed to be doing. Um, and I remember a couple of years ago when Michael Porter Jr. was in the draft and there were so many concerns about his back and things of that nature. And Denver took a risk and it's paying off. It's paying off big time right now. Um, Denver, it's sad that Denver doesn't have Jamal Murray because if they did, I feel like they would be live to get out of the West right now. Getting off that train, I talk about Portland. Um, Portland, as I said, if they lost, Terry Stotts was gone, and I was right. Terry Stotts is gone. Portland is at a crossroads, and um, like just in the series, when you watch a band shoot the way that Damian Lillard shot on the road in a comeback, hitting multiple clutch shots from just wherever when a man hits 12 threes and drops 55 and you still lose with against a team that doesn't have its second best player uh it tells me everything i need to know uh portland needs to completely break down everything i think um they need to do some soul searching and i was yesterday years old when i found out that damian lillard is in his 30s Oh, the Portland Trailblazers are about to commit a cardinal sin, an NBA cardinal sin, which is wasting a superstar's prime. And um, they need to get it together right now. Like new coach, new roster construction, everything. Um, Even if that means getting rid of CJ McCollum, I feel like they need to just they need to go in a a completely different direction because Damian Lillard is a superstar um, and he proved it time and time again. If I'm not mistaken, he led the first round uh, in points per game. You can't have a guy dominating like that and still lose, especially to a team who, again, as I said, was without its second best player. With that being said, you can take it away, Zach. Uh, what were your thoughts about that series? I just want to say this is one of the few series we, we disagreed on, and I was right. Denver yep. six. My, I had no real reason other than my intuition, and it proved to serve me well. Mm-hmm. But like you said, Jokic is unstoppable at this point, and I know we discussed possibly re, you know doing another episode where we, we talk about our top ten. Jokic is definitely um, jumped up in my list as well. Mm-hmm. I think he, I'm probably preemptively I'm playing on top five before I redo the whole list, just off the top mm-hmm. of my head, top five. Mm-hmm. Michael Porter Jr. also impressed me. In the closeout game, he had a very great start. I think it was like seven for seven before he missed one. That mm-hmm. was amazing to watch. Yes, it was. And um, but yeah, shout, shout out to Denver for holding it down without Jamal Murray and just winning a, a series against a, you know, a team that had Dame going ballistic. Mm-hmm. And, you know, now I mentioned Dame, I'll jump over to Portland. One man can only do so much. As you said, I think it is time to re- break up the Dame and CJ duo, revamp the entire roster because they've had different iterations. Their best go was back when they had Aminu and um, Mo, Mo Harkless. Yep. And, they tried, and it just didn't work. I think now's the time to break it up because Dame literally had a game that we've never seen before, 
and somehow managed to lose because uh-huh. his teammates couldn't get it together. Again, time and time again, you know, the bench is an issue. And this mm-hmm. series, I was, you know, it's like I was looking at numbers. I was looking at the bench plus minus, and Melo was minus eight, Cantor mm-hmm. was minus six point eight, and wow. Anthony Simons was minus seven point three. And those are, you know, they make they round out their top eight. And CJ was the only starter who was negative plus minus with minus one point six. Mm-hmm. Although I suspect that's because CJ spends a lot of time with the second unit players holding down the floor while Dame takes a break. Yep. But nonetheless. Every year we say the same thing. They need solid wings, rangy defenders, and their bench sucks. We say this every single year, and we're saying it again this year. They need solid solid wings who are rangy defenders, who can get from spot to spot, you know, di- disrupt passing lanes, and they need a better bench once again. So I think it's just time to just start from, you know, keep Dame and just rebuild the entire roster. Uh, Nurkic had a great run, but – you know, if they can find needs, if they can find upgrades anywhere, they gotta go for it. At this yeah. point, there's no point of holding on to your non-Dame pieces anymore. Point blank, period. Um, and I wanted, to add, I want to add two quick notes. Um, my first note is that alongside just the wing position, like they've they've been solid at center and two guard. I'll give them that, but you know, um, they have struggled severely at the four spot since Ellie's departure. Mm-hmm. I think that's a hole they really need to fill. Um, that would be a smart move. That'd be interesting. But I don't think he's, I don't think New York will let him go. It would be idiotic to let Julius Randall go. It's the Knicks. <laughs> um, yeah, that's true. Um, and my second note, you see two players dominating a series in a, amazing fashion like and you know even in dame's case a historic fashion one night but look at the difference in the results the coaching staff that the the um the denver nuggets have put together led by mike malone has been excellent the roster construction of the denver nuggets is excellent even without its second best player because the thing is let's let's be real here if jamal murray was playing that's sweet yeah, an easy one. Yeah, I uh, yeah it 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 just goes to show that there that other than having a superstar, you need a lot more. Um, yeah. they have a bench. They have role players that do their job. They have solid defense when they need it, and they have a coaching staff. All things that the Portland Trailblazers don't have. And that's why they lost. Because they have a superstar. Would you like to transition into our final series in the West? Yeah, the ongoing Clip- Clippers Mavericks. The ongoing Clippers and Mavericks series. Yeah, I think I'll just start this one, I guess. Yeah. You know, I picked Clippers in, I think I said five or six. We both said five. Okay, yeah, so I picked Clippers in five. Because, you know, I assumed that they've been here before. They dealt with looking stupid against the same team. Like, you know what? Let's not do it again. But the clips go and clip. <laughs> and they yeah. did it again. Over here, like, and the crazy part is Paul George is playing well. Like, I can't even be like, pandemic P, ha, ha, ha. I can't yeah. do that. 
because he's playing well, and they're still. And they, Kawhi Leonard is playing really well. Yeah, like, and they're still gonna go home. And honestly, this just comes down to me, like with Ty Lue yeah. being questionable as the coach. I don't know why they went with him in the first place. Yeah. But you know, like he's not playing Luke Kennard. He just he just finally played Luke Kennard like serious minutes in their last game. He's playing Reggie Jackson a bit more than most people would like. Although Reggie Jackson did help them win the last game. I will say that, but nonetheless, he's not necessarily the best option out there. Serge Ibaka, I'm just going to assume it's because Serge is not healthy, that he's not playing Serge too much. Mm-hmm. And Rondo has helped them win games. And I do think Rondo needs to be out there. Although I'm just, I just feel like Rondo's not getting enough minutes. And they're playing Terrence Mann a lot. And Terrence Mann's helped them win games regular season. But I know the one game, I believe it was game five, which Dallas won. Terrence Mann was out there. Uh, you know, once once it got to clutch time, he was he wasn't ready for the moment. Mm-hmm. You know, need to be need to, you know, know know your personnel, understand at that moment. You take man out, you keep Rondo in. You can put, you know, Rondo, uh, Batum, Kawhi, Paul George, and the, f- the fifth person, honestly, Luke Kennard should have been the fifth person in that lineup. Yeah. But, again, Luke Kennard's not playing for whatever reason. I don't know. The Clippers are just doing a bunch of hoopla with the rotations, and they need to figure it out because they they can't keep – they can't have these, rot- these weird rotations going on against, like, the – it will be the Jazz in the next series. They can't keep doing that. It's not going to work out well for them. Assuming, oh. assuming they make it to the next round. I'm still, at this point, I'm feeling like Dallas is going to win just because the Clippers need to get to, they, they can't get it together. Mm-hmm. Kawhi has been going in Hercules mode to win games, and I just don't know if that's going to happen again for game seven. Yeah. And just quickly on Dallas, Luka's another player who I may have to vault into the top five. <laughs> that's going to be interesting when we talk about that. Mm-hmm. Um, Porzingis is not a star. Not an, he's not even an old star. He just he just Sean Bradley with a three pointer at this point. <sighs> Porzingis is wasting all that height and talent for no reason. I don't know what's wrong with him. Man, they, he's he's playing so bad as a seven three player that they're like, all right, let's get the seven five guy to start a lineup too. <laughs> like they're playing both their seven <laughs> footers. Because Porzingis is not playing like a seven footer. Like Porzingis just turned into a name brand Maxi Kleba, bro. <laughs> like what the hell? Uh, but I don't know. And even with him playing like absolute garbage, shit stops Porzingis. Dorian Finney-Smith has made some big time plays a series. Tim Hardaway Jr. is about to make some serious money this summer. Oh, that no. man uh, is doing playing. It out his mind yeah and you know josh richardson is not about to make some money this summer oh, <laughs> he's not that. playable this has been my favorite series although denver and portland obviously is up there as well thus far mm-hmm. maybe i'm just saying this is my favorite so far it's still going and there's still potential for something amazing to happen with game seven mm-hmm. but this series and the Denver Portland series have been amazing. Yeah. Like, that's what I have to say about this one. Just a lot of a lot of weirdness going on with this series. Yeah. Like, what's your thoughts? 
Um, I agree with everything you said. It's it's their lineups have been the, the Clippers. Their lineups have been extremely funky and confusing. Um, Ty Ty Lue strategically is confusing the hell out of me. I don't know what he's doing. Um, the fact that you can't stop Luka Doncic and he's basically the only thing you like. I don't know. He he just. Uh, you have two a supposed elite two-way players, and Luka Doncic proceeds to do whatever he wants to do on a night-in, night-out basis. Even when he has a quote-unquote bad night, he's dropping like 40. And it's like, uh, I, don't, I don't know how I don't know what's going on. Like, as you said, I feel like Rondo should be playing more. I feel like Terrence Mann should be playing less. Um, Luke Kennard should have been playing a lot more. Uh, yeah, it's just it's just a lot of weirdness. Like, I feel like they're still trying to figure out their team almost. Like, they're playing with rotations right now in a series that they could very well lose. Um Luka Doncic is carrying a team in, in terms of the Mavericks. He's carrying a team on his back as well as anybody could. I st- I feel like Portland and Denver are kind of in the same boat, but the difference is Rick Carlisle is much better coached than um, Terry Stotts, and Luka Doncic is a better. Is just more dominant, and he controls the floor a lot better than Damian Lillard. You meant Dallas and Portland in the same boat? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Dallas and Portland in the same boat. Yeah. Um, and Christoph Przingis, I don't know what the hell is going on with that, man. Um, there was a meme. They said that Christoph Przingis is a 7-3 Kyle Kuzma and uh, couldn't be more accurate. It's sad because Christoph Przingis, um, Christoph Przingis is falling more and more victim to injury. Um when you talk about uh, when you talk about when he was in New York, he was he was a problem. He was a monster, uh, blocking shots, getting rebounds. He's pulling up from damn near the logo and doing whatever he wants to do. Um, then he comes to, to to Dallas. He was a shell of himself for a while, and then in the bubble, he started to we started to see little glimpses of hope then he gets hurt again um to be quite honest i feel like with christophs Porzingis, next year will be a make a make or break year for him because i just feel like this year is too far gone and with the the limited window that we had he wasn't he wasn't able to get himself right from last year's injury i think that's what's really the problem this year um i think next year if he doesn't play well then his value dwindles down the toilet all the way I think the Clippers will find a way to get it done as weird as they've played. Um, I think Paul George and Kawhi Leonard's game seven experience versus Luka Doncic, um, his experience uh, will carry them. Kawhi Leonard has played, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, he's played in six game sevens and Paul George has played in five. And this will be Luka's first. So, I think that they would be more prepared. Yeah, that's my that's my take on it. So, uh, would you like to jump to the East? 
Yeah, let's do it. And what do you think about what, what did you think about that first matchup with the Sixers and the Wizards? Um, you know, when as expected. <laughs> I, I, you know, like I said, I picked Wizards. I picked the uh, Wizards. Picked Sixers in five. Although I felt like it could have been a sweep. It hadn't been not gotten hurt. It would have been a sweep. Mm-hmm. The only real note from that series is just Embiid getting hurt is worth monitoring. Yeah, I mean, like the Wizards are—they're sorry as hell. Like no. I said, like I said in the group chat you mentioned, like the Wizards' third best player is an eighth man on an actually good team. Yep, and whether that be Rui Hachimura or Gafford or Bertans or Bertans, yeah, they're eighth men on good teams. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. That series wasn't really worth my time too much. <laughs> like every time I watched it, I was like, all right, this is done. And I, you know, went, went on to the next game that was on. I feel like the the Wizards' best chance before um the Wizards' best chance before Joel and B went down was game one because it was physical and they um and the Sixers I felt like had a little rust in that game. And then when they shook shook off the rust, they just destroyed the Wizards from then on. Um, and yeah, again, I agree with you. Um, I picked I picked the Sixers in five as well because I just figured that Russell Westbrook would steal one. And Joel Embiid, I really hope, as a Sixers fan, that Joel Embiid can return to at least 90% of what he can be in order to get us through this Hawk series and onto the conference finals where I hope he's ready. So yeah, that's 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 all I really have for that first that first round matchup. Um, transition to Brooklyn yeah. Boston then if you're ready. Why don't you start us off with that one? Oof. Not not much to note in that one either. Um I feel like Boston has a lot to a lot of work to do roster wise. As I mentioned with Ty Lu's weird roster or weird uh rotations. I feel like Danny Ainge uh, took full advantage of that trade, the, the, that major trade with the Brooklyn Nets years ago. And then in the last few years, in his, his hunt for a superstar point guard, um, he just he hasn't been able to get it done in that front because those guards have failed in, in, a, in a way. Um, Because Kimball Walker, he just he can't stay healthy. Kyrie couldn't stay healthy when he was there. Um, And then also last offseason was just really bad. Um, Not getting Miles Turner, not retaining Gordon Hayward, as you've mentioned to me numerous on numerous occasions. Brad Stevens not playing uh, Robert Williams earlier in the season. And then you dealing with COVID and health issues all season long. Um, it kind of just all came to the forefront again against the Brooklyn team that you didn't really have much of a chance against. I will say that Brooklyn's defense is going to have to be better than that. I think going forward, because you can't you can't lose a game against a, a Celtics team without Jalen Brown. Uh, I just don't think that should happen, even if you're just tankering with rotations. Um, but yeah, I think that the Brooklyn Nets are just super loaded. And uh, I picked them, and if I'm not mistaken, four. And they somehow gave one up. Uh, as you suspected, they, they would win in five because you felt like they could win a shootout. 
But yeah, it's not much to note. Just that Brooklyn is too loaded and that Boston has a, a lot of work to do. What are your thoughts? You know, I have a lot of thoughts, but I don't think Boston is worth taking up so much time with, you know, this is <laughs> to us. So I'm going to keep it simple. Tatum, yeah, 50 piece. Shout out to him. Nice little 50 piece bucket. <laughs> that was tough. Uh, but like, you know, like you mentioned, the injuries is already, the Nets are already a favorite. What, once the injuries happened, like Jalen Brown being hurt is already done. And then Kemba and Robert Williams getting hurt mid-series is a foregone conclusion at that point. Mm-hmm. Like it was just, we were kind of just, the game was on and happening because it needs to happen. But we all knew what was going to happen. And they, Tatum was just getting frustrated with the amount of attention he was getting. Mm-hmm. Boston's going to look a lot different next season. As you know, as you know, with Ainge being out and Brad Stevens taking his job, yeah. And with all the all the issues you mentioned, like the bench was pretty trash. Yep. Like we had way too many Grant Williams minutes. That was despicable to watch. I can't deal with that man, bro. Mm. <laughs> way too many Grant Williams minutes. <laughs> Kemba is no longer consistent and reliable. He might give you a nice game or two here and there, but that man is no longer the, who. He's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be rough getting that contract out. But I will say, you know, like you said, how I've been talking about Robert Williams for years. Brad Stevens should have been playing him last season, to be yeah. honest. But here we are. Robert Williams is finally getting minutes. I'm excited to see what happens with him in the yeah. coming years. But you know, other than that, I'm gonna just jump to Brooklyn. The big three look great. Mm-hmm. Harden is the key if Brooklyn wants to win. Yes. Harden was hands down the best player on the Nets in that series. Mm-hmm. And after that, I mean, I've always suspected this, that Harden needs to be the one because Kyrie can kind of get tunnel vision and Kevin Durant, while he's great at many things, you know, setting up plays and being a playmaker and getting the rest of his team going is not his strong suit. Right. It's just not that he's bad at it. This is not, that's not what you want Kevin Durant doing. Mm-hmm. But James Harden can literally tie it all together. And, you know, he has Joe Harris, despite playing with three you know, star, I'll say two superstars and a star level player. Joe Harris's numbers have gone up simply because Harden, him and Harden's chemistry is amazing. Harden's finding him in the right right spots, mm-hmm. you know, getting Joe Harris to get where he needs to go. Like Harden is the one who's going to make this team work. And again, the defense, I'm still not sold on it. When Tatum had 50, they're letting Kyrie, they're doing switch everything. And Kyrie was guarding Tatum. And once Kyrie was on Tatum, Tatum was taking him right to the bucket. Quick move, two points every time. Yeah, like, I don't know why they – mid-range jumper right over him. Yeah, exactly. I don't know why they insisted on letting that switch happen, but they kept letting it happen. And Tatum kind of walked walked himself to 50 points. Like, yeah. Um, I think that's also uh, – you can also attribute that to Steve Nash as a coach. Exactly. Because him being a new coach, I think, is going to be one of the key storylines that we can talk about a little more. Yeah, that's all I have for this series, really. Mm-hmm. Foregone conclusion, just a couple interesting things to look out for with the Nets. Right. But I'm ready to move on. I'm, I can't. <laughs> I can't do this anymore. <laughs> I'm ready for the offseason, man. <laughs> yeah. The, we can, I guess we can run through the quick bludgeoning that took place. Um in the form of a sweep with the Milwaukee Bucks and the Miami Heat. Um, would you like to start that off? 
Yeah, sure. You know, I did pick Milwaukee to win that series. I picked them in six. Yeah, we both did. But God damn, did they go crazy. Yeah. Again, not much to note because this is such a such a, a obvious domination by the Bucks. But I'd say this series validated Drew Holiday's acquisition mm-hmm. and the Bucks giving him forty million, which is kind of crazy. Yeah. But it proves why it showed people why they gave him that money because it's just what they had to do to maintain this team. It's crazy because it's the best iteration of the Bucks we've seen. Yep. With the in the honest era, mm-hmm. and it's a shame that it's the same year as the Nets team. We'll get into that a little later, mm-hmm. but I think if the Bucks are gonna do it, it has to be this team because who knows what's gonna happen in the next year or two. Right. But let's talk quickly about Miami. Boy, did Jimmy Butler have a stinker of a series. <laughs> that was very disappointing. I like Jimmy Butler, but I don't know, man. He was out there looking sorry. Yes, sir. Like I had him, and he's gonna drop down my 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 uh top NBA players list after that. I'm sorry, he's gonna have to drop down a couple spots. And then Bam was solid. I liked Bam. I think he had an underrated year. Yeah, the whole season, and in the playoffs again, his performance was underrated. When he guarded Giannis, Giannis was actually you know not seeming otherworldly. <laughs> so you know, other than that. It was kind of a foregone conclusion. And I think I, the one thing I'm happy about is people are now going to stop acting like Tyler Hero is about to be the next great thing. Yeah. Slice yeah. bread. Because I never understood that. I never understood that uh, the reasoning behind it. I mean, he had a good series against the Celtics. I'm not going to say react like he didn't cook Boston. But, like, come mm-hmm. on. That was just that was just a, clearly a, a moment of everything falling in the right place. Yeah, it was an admiration, you know. So, Yeah. Um, that's what I got about this series, though. I don't, know if you, I don't know if you have any notes you want to add. Um, yeah, I just want to say uh, I agree with your point about Drew Holiday. Um, I also want to highlight guys like Brent Forbes, um, Bobby Portis, and TJ uh, uh, PJ Tucker. Those acquisitions were really important. I thought that they all played very well. Um, and Milwaukee's focus is something I really want to pay attention to, like. They came out with an attitude that they were not playing. Like they were as they were focused as hell. And like as Giannis said when they when they completed the sweep, like I'm not playing. We didn't want to play with our food. That just shows me how focused and how driven they are this year as opposed to other years to winning a title. So I feel like in that respect and regard, um, they can be dangerous. And also, um, I just want to highlight uh, Bud. I think Co- uh, Coach Budenholzer um, did a really good job of making adjustments and actually taking what he learned in past years, um, putting Giannis in different spots, playing with different rotations and lineups that were more effective for them on the offensive and defensive end. Uh, so I thought that that was, that was all great for Miami. Um, yeah, they were very disappointing. I think this was um, a conference championship hangover season, uh, long, you know, riddled in with COVID and injuries. I think this season was compromised just because they went so far and they did so much. Um, but Jimmy Butler has to play better than that. 
no doubt. And I think that going into the offseason, there are going to be a lot of question marks as opposed to how they go forward. Uh, yeah, that, that's all That's all I have for that series. Um, I guess we could jump into the Hawks-Knicks series. What did you think about that one? Well, as you know, the Knicks were my backup playoff team. I knew Boston was sent to the slaughter. But the Knicks disappointed me too, so I'm officially I'm officially just in straight up viewer mode. But the Knicks did not play up to the standard I believe they would play. I picked them in six, and they lost in five, so I was very off. But Randall, R- Julius Randall and R.J. Barrett, they had it rough this series. Yes, they did. Um, Shouts Derrick Rose for having a resurgence and ultimately being the best player on his team for the playoff series. Yes. I think the one good thing that happened for the next series was they finally benched Alfred Payton. Yes. Them like 75 games, <laughs> but they did it. He made it. <laughs> Alfred Payton finally got benched. Yeah. Uh, he's as good as gone. <laughs> they should not bring him back. They should not at all. It's going to be interesting to see what happens in this offseason because they built a strong foundation in terms of like, you know, culture. Uh, I'll put that in quotes. Mm-hmm. Talks about that, but the Knicks built a nice foundation. It'll be interesting to see what happens with them from here on out. Right. With the Hawks, uh, Trey Young was sensational. Absolutely. He made a lot of people, you know, remember him because he was there wasn't much coverage of Trey Young this year, but he became you know the new quote unquote villain. That's a lot of people are trying to call him now just because the way he uh, antagonized the the Knicks faithful in the crowd, although they had someone spit at him. Like, after that, I would have been tight, too. But, yeah. you know, I did think Trey Young had a great series. Bogdan Bogdanovich was great as well. That man came in, was sniping. Mm-hmm. Uh, Atlanta, I think they could, there's a lot of room to grow on that team, just in mm-hmm. terms of the future. Uh, Clint Capella <laughs> definitely played a, a great role in that series. He played very well in that series. Mm-hmm. Uh, John Collins kind of disappointed. I think he underperformed for himself. Mm-hmm. I think he'd say so too, but they won. So good and fun and dandy, but I expect John Collins to be better going forward. So I think they can, I think there's, they have another gear maybe. Although when we get to talk about this in the next round in a bit, I'm not sure they'll be able to, but mm-hmm. I'm not sure they will. Not that I don't think they can. I just don't think they will. But, yeah, Atlanta, shout out to them. They did a good job. They proved me wrong. I thought the Knicks were going to do them dusty. But the Knicks, <laughs> the Knicks win was great, though. I loved it. But other than that, it was bad vibes. But yeah, well, your, what are your thoughts on the series? Um, I thought, uh, again, as I, I, picked the, I picked the Knicks in seven. Um, so, yeah, I was off, too. But I did mention, and, I, and I'm glad that I pointed this out early, that the two teams were basically the same team coming into the series. Um, when you talk about like the point differentials, the records, everything, they were like the same team. And the only difference was one team is in Atlanta and one team is in New York. Um, but Atlanta, Atlanta superstar showed up from day one and um I also want to say that Nate McMillan, I want to shout him out. He's been great all year. Um, he outcoached Tom Thibodeau in this series. Um, 
And that was a big part of the reason why they won as well. So shout out to him. I think that the Atlanta Hawks uh, breaking through this year and winning this year, I think is going to allow them to move forward and really be a, a playoff team for the next few years with Trey Young leading the helm. Um, Julius Randle disappointed severely. And Stephen A. Smith says something that was hilarious. He said that uh, him and R.J. Barrett, the New York Knicks, need to tie their left hands behind their back and just make them work on their right hand all summer long because they they took that they took their left hands away and it was just bad. It was just very bad vibes. So, um, yeah, um, the New York Knicks have to do better. Uh, I do like Derrick Rose. I do like Emmanuel quickly. I do think that topping can be better. Um, but but I think I think both teams have a future. I just think the Knicks they still got a lot of work to do, and then the Hawks have a superstar that is coming. So that's pretty much all I have for that series. Um, so now. We've covered every first round series. And now on to the conference semis where we will jump right into Jazz versus the winner of the Mavericks and Clippers. What do you think about that? I think you're going to find this controversial. Uh-oh. But I feel like the Dallas – I feel like – I should say I feel like whoever wins the Dallas Clippers series is winning the Jazz series. I'm saying that right now. I don't know, man. The Jazz, I'm just not completely sold. What? I never have been, never will until they get a strong, solid wing you can put in work. I don't see it happening. I wow. think whoever wins this series is going to the conference finals against after being the Jazz. So I'm going to say, I'm going to go for it. I think Luke is going to the conference finals this year. I'm going to be controversial here and go with my gut. Oh, no. <laughs> this man, Javier, is about to lose it. No, 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 no. No. Mm -mm. So, okay. So you're saying that the Mavericks are going to go to the conference finals. So you, so you are predicting that they beat the Clippers in game seven. Mm -hmm. How many games would you have, would you call that series against the Mavericks and the Jazz? Seven. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> Hey man, the Nuggets did it last year. One, two, seven, seven game series. I but think the oh. Dallas can do it this year. Oh, see, okay. Oh, here are my thoughts on that. Right, um, I think, um, I think Utah beats either team, okay. and I think they win either series in. Uh, I think they beat Dallas in five, and they beat the Clippers in six. Okay. Um, the reason why I say this is because I feel like with the Clippers, uh, again, um, as I said, Ty Lue has been struggling, and I don't think Quinn Snyder is going to take full advantage of Ty Lue in a series with the rotations and things of that nature. Um, you know, you're not going to be able to play around with – trying to figure out, all right, should Rondo be on the floor? Should Reggie Jackson be on the floor? That's not going to work. It's not going to cut it. Yeah, all this, all this, you know, they, they can't stop Luka Doncic at all. And not, Donovan Mitchell is no Luka Doncic, right? But 
Luka Doncic is one dude that they can't stop. One guy. Yeah. He's the main reason why they're losing this. They, 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 this series has gone to seven. And you're dealing with a multitude of guys that are going to be coming at you, like Jordan Clarkson, Donovan Mitchell, Royce O'Neal. Um, I don't know. I don't know if Mike Conley will be healthy, but Rudy Gobert. It's just, it's just so many pieces, and I feel like they'd get overwhelmed, and the coaching would be so bad. Like unless Kawhi Leonard just hops into his bag every night and drops 30, 35 plus every night. I don't think they win in that series. And then again, I feel like um, Luka Doncic would get overwhelmed by the, um, by the depth and over overwhelming roster that the Utah jazz have. I don't think that um, you're beating this team. Like they're a complete team. They have a six man, they have shooters. They have a closer. They've got a big, an elite big. Um, so yeah, no, I don't. I don't see it. Um, that's just that's just what I'm, I'm. I'm gonna say. So I think the Utah Jazz are going to the conference finals, regardless. All right, I respect it. I'm just gonna go with my gut here. I'm gonna be a little controversial. I'm choosing Dallas mm-hmm. over the Clippers. I mean the Clippers. It's always easier to argue with the Clippers because of Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. But then again, they don't do what they're supposed to do. So right. I just feel like that matchup against the Jazz kind of takes away some of the Jazz's stronger stronger points. Mm-hmm. Like the perimeter is going to be very reliant on the – like what's his name? Rudy Gobert. Mm-hmm. You know, he's going to play in the paint. He's going to do his thing. But he's not going to be helpful in a lot of situations that Kawhi Leonard – and Paul George find himself scoring in. Like, Gilbert's not going to be involved in a lot of those plays. You're going to be relying on Royce O'Neal, Joe Ingles, Bogdan Bogdanovich, and Der- Donovan Mitchell as-, as well also in those situations. Mm-hmm. And Kawhi Leonard and Paul George are cooking them. Well, Paul George needs to steer very clear for Joe Ingles. <laughs> but, <laughs> but otherwise, they're cooking those players in those situations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the Dallas, I do think Luca Luca may not have the easiest time, but at the same time, you have to remember Dallas plays a running gun style, very yeah. fast pace, and Rudy Gobert is not fast. He's going to be not involved in a decent number of plays. Rudy Gobert, you know, defensive player of the year, in my opinion. I don't yeah. think he's I don't I'm not sleeping on him. I do think he's amazing at what he does. But Dallas can definitely Run a, run a fast-paced game. I think they could surprise. They've been surprising people this with against the Clippers. I think they can surprise against the Jazz as well. Gobert is not much of a scorer. I don't think you don't have to game plan around him. Donovan Mitchell can be handled with a, with a great scheme. Mm-hmm. He's tough. He is tough. But I think Dallas can disrupt him a little bit because they've they've made, they had Kawhi looking a little off once or twice in his series and. Donovan Mitchell's no Kawhi Leonard, so I think it's possible, bro. Mm-hmm. I'm calling it. I know you don't agree, but we'll see what happens. We'll see. We'll see. We don't even know the matchups. So that just makes it hard, but I'm go- I'm assuming Dallas in seven over Utah. Okay. Fair enough. And why don't we go to the next series then, which I guess would be 
Phoenix and Denver. I think that'd be very fun. What are your thoughts since I went first and last one? Um, that is going to be a fun series. Um, DeAndre Ayton is going to have a lot more um, cut out for him. He's going to have a very, very close series with Nikolai Jokic. Because the Joker is not playing games. He's been dominant. Um, I think Devin Booker is going to need to continue to play the way he's playing to get by this team because as good as Phoenix is as a team, uh, Utah, uh, Denver, excuse me, um, Denver is just is dangerous. Um, and my immediate thought was Phoenix and six because I just thought they were a better team. But at the same time, uh, Chris Paul is a big question mark. Um, Chris Paul's health to me is the key here uh, because I feel like if Chris Paul, if his impact is limited, this series is to be had for Denver. I think Denver could win this series um, if Chris Paul isn't at full strength. Um, so right now I'm probably going to run with Phoenix, but I'm going to say Phoenix in seven as opposed to a six game series. Cause I just don't know where Chris Paul's at. And I don't know if he'll have to sit at any point or if he'll need rest or if he, if he's not performing as well, but yeah. Uh, what are your thoughts? Um, for me, I also am picking Phoenix, although I will stick with the Phoenix in six. Cause I honestly just feel like Denver, they were playing a shitty defense mm. in their last series. And they don't have Jamal Murray, as we have mentioned multiple times at this point, in this episode. So with that in mind, I don't think they're going to be able to survive necessarily against a against a much better defense than Portland had to offer. Because they survived against Portland because they get away with it because Portland's missing rotations, not guarding the right people, just having not having the right personnel, to be honest, to yeah. handle what Denver had to offer. But with Michael Bridges and Jay Crowder and Chris Paul, and at times Devin Booker is locked up sometimes and against the Lakers last season, last series, for example. You know, this is not going to be as simple without Jamal Murray to find ways to score. Like, yeah. Michael Porter Jr. is not going seven for seven against Phoenix. I'm sorry. It's not happening. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. I was going to – I'm just going to mention real quick. I would also argue that, as you mentioned, with uh, Denver going up against a much more difficult defense, um, Phoenix on the other side uh, will have a much more – complex offense to cover because mm-hmm. you can't just block up the paint and expect to dominate where against Denver, you're going to have multiple guys who can actually shoot and a, 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 a young Nikolai Jokic who can do so many things and control the floor in so many different ways. Yeah. So I think that their offense is going to be a lot more complex. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Previously faced. I honestly think the real X factor in this series is DeAndre Ayton. If mm-hmm. he can find success guarding Joel, or excuse me, guarding Nikola Jokic without fouling out the game, a la Yosef Nurkic, mm-hmm. if he can avoid doing the Nurk and fouling out against Jokic, I mm-hmm. think that Phoenix will definitely have success. Because mm-hmm. it'll, especially Jamal Murray out, 
it starts and stops with, with Jokic. Mm-hmm. And I think Aiton is the only potential answer Phoenix has on the roster. And I think the, with the way he handled Anthony Davis, I won't be surprised okay. if Aiton comes out and has some success. Obviously, he's not going to stop Jokic from doing what Jokic is going to want to do. But mm-hmm. just a matter of making it harder on him and relying on your teammates to come together like they did against the Lakers, despite being the you know the betting odds uh the lakers are the betting odds favorite but the suns managed to come out on top doing what they had to do i yeah. think they'll do it again and continue on yeah and they'll, they have, we'll see what chris paul he's got some rest so we'll see how that goes but yeah i just i'm going phoenix and six bro mm-hmm. yeah with that being said let's jump to the east real quick mm-hmm. i want you to start with the Phoenix or Philly and Atlanta series. Okay. So um Philly versus Atlanta. Um my immediate pick would have been I would have picked if I if I'd known that Joel and B was healthy, I'm picking Philly in five. But Joel and B isn't healthy. And I do not know if he's gonna play in certain games. But with that being said, I still believe that the Philadelphia 76ers are a better team. Uh, I think that that we have more experience, and I think that um, we'll be able to do enough to get it done. Um, I think Philly is going to win this series in six. When Joel and B, if Joel and B plays, we'll win every game that Joel and B plays. In my opinion, I feel like we we win every game. Um, that Joel Embiid plays on the floor. Um, and that, to me, honestly, is just it. Like, the Atlanta Hawks are not a better team than us. Um, Trey Young will be interesting. Well, seeing how they try to guard Trey Young will be a very interesting dynamic. Um, the Hawks have a lot of weapons and a lot of shooters and things of that nature. So that'll be fun to watch. That Philly defense try to stop that, uh, but uh, Joel and B. That's 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 it for me. Um, so I'm going to pick the I'm going to pick Philly in six. What do you think? I agree. I only called it interesting in the introduction of the series because Embiid's hurt. Right. I too would go Philly in five with Embiid all the way, if not Philly in six. Because I honestly feel like Embiid might miss two games just because they're going to want to be careful. I do yeah. think they'll win one without him. Mm-hmm. Whether it's the first or second, I can't say, but I think they'll win one without him. Because mm-hmm. just schematic, like Trey Young, if you once you put Ben Simmons on Trey Young, Trey Young's going to have a rough series. And I think that's probably going to be the matchup. And mm-hmm. yeah, you don't have Embiid, but defensively, Dwight Howard can hold the fort, especially with a, a rim running uh, pick and roll center like. Clint Capella, Dwight Howard knows what he's doing against that kind of player. He's mm-hmm. not going to have too much of, too much trouble dealing with that. So I think Dwight Howard can keep, keep Clint Capella from, you know, getting a 15-15 and 15 type series. I think Dwight Howard can hold that, can stop that from happening. Mm-hmm. Still got Tobias. Seth Curry came out and dropped 30 against the Wizards in a big-time game. Dan, Danny Green still plays – he can guard – Bogdan Bogdanovich, he can keep up with him. I mean, obviously, it's not all one, one, you know, one-on-one matchups, but I feel like that would be the matchup in a lot of situations. Yeah, I think Philly defensively just has enough without Embiid to make it interesting. 
And if they can make it interesting, they can win a game. So mm-hmm. I think they're win one without Embiid, lose one, and then depending on Embiid's health, Atlanta might win again. Might win an extra, but I honestly think I'm just gonna play it safe and say Philly in six, with due to the fact that Embiid's hurt. But mm-hmm. I, I honestly can see five with or without Embiid for two games. Yes. Mm-hmm. So let's jump into this Brooklyn Nets and Milwaukee Bucks series. What do you think about that one? A lot of people are calling it the NBA Finals, <laughs> which is funny because it kind of feels like I feel like these are the two best remaining teams in the league. I honestly feel like the the East, the top three in the East, are the best teams left. Yes, in my mind, whoever comes up the East is probably going to be the champion at this point. Mm-hmm. But we can get to that later on once you get close to that time. However, with this series, everyone's. I'm going to sit here and say Brooklyn in six. Mm-hmm. Although I'm not going to, people are underestimating the Bucks and acting like Brooklyn is going to walk, you know, run up, walk over them. And the game that happened tonight in Brooklyn did outplay them despite Harden getting hurt. Mm-hmm. Although that game comes with the fact that Milwaukee shot six for 30 from three yeah. and Middleton, Andrew Holiday both played bad on the offensive end. Right. That's not going to happen twice in a row. No. At least maybe one of them might play bad twice in a row, but not both. And the team is not going to shoot six for 30 from three again. So no. I do think this hard injury makes it – with the hard injury, if he's hurt for two games, if, he's, if he sits up the next game and the game after, I'm still picking Brooklyn, but in seven. But, yeah. This series is going to be very interesting to watch. I'm tuning into every single game. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure what's gonna stop me from watching these games. <laughs> you know, like it's just it's so interesting because the the Nets are one of the teams, one of the few teams with title hopes who have zero answers for Giannis Antetokounmpo. Giannis is gonna go out there and do what he pleases against this Nets team. Yes, and that is a scary proposition. But the Nets are just so high powered with James Harden. Who's going to make? He's going to make make sure he beats Giannis because Giannis been talking shit for the last like two seasons. Right, will be right at him. Kevin Durant, who you know can't be guarded, and Kyrie Irving, who has had a rough series against the Bucks in the past with Boston, but mm-hmm. I think he may have exercised those demons at this point mm-hmm. and has moved on. He's on to bigger, better things. Mm-hmm. So this series is going to be fun to watch. I'm just. I just can't wait to see how it goes. Like, Brooke Lopez played well tonight. Mm-hmm. He had a great game. Harden, Harden got hurt, as I mentioned, but Kyrie and KD both stepped up, played well. Blake Griffin came out and played well tonight. It was a close It was a close game up until about the end, you know, about five-minute mark in the third quarter, and then mm-hmm. from then on, it was over. But yeah. it's going to be a battle. I'm thinking it's going to nuts in six, maybe seven, depending on how this Harden injury goes. Right. Um, yeah, I, I agree. I believe that Milwaukee will lose in six. I think um, the Brooklyn Nets are the better basketball team. Um, I do have a couple of things that I want to watch out for because I because for the most part, I agree with everything you said. Um, I feel like the two things that I would watch out for is when Milwaukee does start hitting those threes. And when Giannis does get that help, how does Steve Nash adjust 
and a key player for me in this series is uh, Nicholas Claxton. I think that he's their best chance at defending Giannis on a consistent basis at this point. Um, so I want to see how he's utilized, and I want to see how Steve Nash adjusts against Bud, because uh, Coach, Coach Budenholzer has been in, in these situations for years now, and he has a lot more experience um, with a team that has, as I said earlier, a serious killer attitude, and they really mean business. So I think that ultimately the Nets talent will overwhelm the Bucks, but I don't think that it will be a, a, a slouch series or um, the Nets are going to just kick, kick their feet up and just bully the Bucks by any means. Yeah. And the Nets may have won tonight, but this series is far from over as far as I'm concerned. Um, yeah, that's all I've got. And that's that series is going to be fun. Oh, man, I can't wait. That's it for today's episode of Game Time. This is Zach, co-hosted by John Mir. Thanks to everyone who's been tuning in. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Game Time underscore podcast, on Twitter at Game Time underscore ZNJ, as well as Facebook at Game Time with ZNJ to stay up to date with further content. And to listen to future episodes, you can find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and anywhere you, you can find podcasts, to be honest. And we can't wait to talk more basketball on game time.